Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Well, here we go. Yes. Got my friend and my counselor. Mm-hmm. Psychologist Dr. Jeff Wagaman with me today on the podcast. Hi, Chase. Welcome, Dr. <laughs> Jeff. This is cool, man. We don't actually most of the time we're there's a screen in our world usually in between, yes. you know. So we've had a few in person, but um, pretty uh, pretty cool to have you be a part of this podcast in person and just in general. Um, this is something I've been calling the Fifty Two Project, and you know we've talked about different things over this last year, but uh, 52 people who've made an impact on my life, uh, having a conversation with, with them over each week of the year. And uh, you've been on my list since the beginning of the year, uh, based on my like getting, trying to get ideas of what that would look like. Um, and uh, just super thankful for the opportunity because I know uh, you're a busy man and you got a lot going on, but to, to make space is uh, super, super gra- grateful for. Um, so, he- so here we go. This is part of how I'd love to kind of open is for people that have no clue there's going to be people that know you uh, based on just the the overlap of uh, people that are connected to different spheres maybe that we've been connected to in different ways but for those that have no clue who who are you in a nutshell Mm. where are you at what are you doing just so people can get uh, an idea well chase first i'm glad to be on your list and appreciate that and obviously uh that whole thing that you just said is all confidential as far as i'm concerned so Nobody knows that I've ever seen you, and sure. so that's how we they know now. Yeah. But, but it's been an honor to see you and work with you, and so yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm Dr. Jeff Wagaman. I'm a psychologist. I've been a psychologist since 1992. Went to Washington State University and got my degree. Uh, then I joined the military, and I was a psychologist in the military for five years during Desert Storm and other things wow. that went on. That was quite an experience. And then I moved here in 1994, opened up a practice and have been here now. This year will be 30 years. That's so Im- That's amazing. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a blast, truthfully. It's been a journey and started out with just myself yeah. and then slowly but surely added people. And now I think we have close to you know, 20 people working for us. And that's so, so awesome. it's been great. And, you know, it's always kind of been a dream that I had. But it's been a reality now, and and it's one of those things where it's at right now. I'm really thankful, grateful yeah. for to be where we are, impacting people, but also just the people that we work with yeah. as well. Yeah. Both of those, you know, and so it's been a great, great thing, great yeah. journey. Thirty years uh, here with a practice that you know obviously has grown and expanded, and you've been able to multiply the impact because of the amount of people that could be on the team and, and grow into those spaces and places that you're not having to be the only person that's doing it all. Um, and that's really, I, I know, I know how much of a need in our world, just the, the world of counseling and therapy and, and psychologists and things that, uh, people 
people need more than maybe than ever. I don't know. I mean, I feels like I don't know if I can say that or not being a 32 year old, <laughs> uh, but uh, nonetheless, just uh, the impact that you're able to make obviously is huge um, across the landscape. There's no uh, there's nobody that's removed from needing um, a good counselor or a good therapist, a good psychologist, somebody that could walk with them. And whether you've had a lot of success or you've struggled, you're, everybody could come to a point where they're like, man, I got to walk through something with somebody who actually knows how to help me walk through it. And, and that's been an honor of mine in that, you know, because usually when I see people, it's when they're walking through something difficult. Sure. And so for me, it's been an honor and kind of how I look at it is an honor to be invited in to walk with people as they work through maybe some of the most difficult things in their life. Yeah. And so it's not a burden. Right. It really is a privilege right. to do that and be there with them yeah. and, and walk through that journey. Yeah. So. And that's when I think about the way we got connected. Um, you know, I had heard about this, this, this practice in the Olympia, you know, Thurston County area, this, this counseling practice that you, 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 over these 30 plus years or whatever, you've, you've established a pretty, uh, a pretty reputable, credible, impactful business that, you know, is impacting a lot of people. So I had already had heard about that world, but it wasn't until I had hit a pretty tough point in my life, um, where, uh, somebody that I, you know, loved and cared about passed away um, a little bit unexpectedly. And there were some pieces of that that really kind of began to bring me into a place of uh, stuff I had never, I had never hit that kind of uh, trauma or loss or grief before. Grief and loss. Trauma came a little bit later. Um, so that was one part. But then the other part was actually uh, your, your daughter uh, at Living Water, when I first came, um, she was in a role with, with, uh, the district with Foursquare, Christina, and, uh, was trying to just support youth pastors and say, what can I do to, you know, she was amazing. Just like, what, what can I do to support you and help you guys win in ministry? And so she met with me and I, it was around halfway through our conversation or so <laughs> she said something to the effect of like, um, I think I was telling her what I was kind of struggling with, you know, when it came to the ministry space and, she she just kind of like really lovingly but clearly was like, have you ever like have you ever considered you know the the world of ADHD or having any of that maybe maybe getting tested for that because what I was communicating to her from her world sounded like it could be some of that to which I was like, no, I mean I've people have joked about that before, but you know no, and uh, and then that was that was that she and she said, well if you ever do you know um. That, you know, my, my, my dad's a, a counselor and, and he actually specializes in that uh, world. And, you know, it, it may be something you, you would want to look into uh, because I was stepping into a new leadership um, responsibility. So I, I began to see I hadn't carried uh, the weight of leading people and needing to, to have my stuff together um, like I was doing for the first time. Um, and so that was that. And then it was probably two years, two and a half years later that I, uh, began to just absolutely hit some walls that I could not ever, I couldn't get through. And I'd never hit those walls before that I couldn't get through. And, uh, and then some of the, the loss and grief kind of all begin to compound. And, um, I finally was like that thought that Christina had shared back two, three years ago was like, maybe I, I need to just explore this more because I think I had just had this belief that that wasn't, that wasn't for somebody like me. I, I was, I was doing fine. I, I'm leading. I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm impacting, it feels like. And yet here I am finding myself feeling like I'm now uh, letting a lot more people down than normal because they're depending on me to, to, to focus and see things through. And, and so that's what led me in to your world to, 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 to actually like get tested for adult ADHD. And this whole conversation in large part, when I, you know, part of how I, I hope people will hear and receive it is getting to hear a part of your story and, you know, why you're even in this space as a counselor, as a psychologist and doing what you're doing. And then the, the specialty world or the, I don't know what you would call it. Like there's an emphasis with, with ADHD that, um, it, it seems like you have a, a, a passion for, or maybe just more of a, more experience with helping people. And so this is the first time I've really shared with my world um, this part of my journey. And uh, it's been such a, it's been such a unique experience to accept and embrace and then begin to learn how to um, grow through uh, the reality that as I, you know, walked through those tests and did all those things was, was pretty clear that I did indeed have, have ADHD. And I, uh, I just, I just never thought that was, that was me. And now that I'm about a year, year and a half into that world and walking it out, um, I recognize it's not something that just came out of nowhere. It's actually something that I probably have been, I've, I've lived with and have adapted to, but then just hit a wall. Uh, and that's really what part of you, your, our beginning of journeying through, you really begin to start helping me understand what this world could look like. Do you see people at 30? All the time. Come the time. in like for the first time and for they're the like. First time. For sure. And I, I think that, you know, this whole ADHD thing, I kind of, we have to do continuing education every sure. year, right? And so I remember uh, back in probably 1994 when I was starting. And I had already been doing testing, ADHD testing for children and adolescents, never for adults. And, and I, as my practice was growing and changing, I became more working with adults instead of children. And I thought, and there was a big debate during that time is, is this ADHD thing even real? Is this just bad behavior? Is this right. just poor parenting? Sure. Is that all that thing? And I thought, you know, that's a good question. I need to go find out and get research and get some continuing ed in this area. So I, went to some of the guru guys in ADHD, and that was one of their conferences was, hey, is this even real? And they were doing brain scans on people, and they're looking at it, and it was very apparent at the end of that conference that ADHD people's brains work differently. When they try to concentrate, their brain literally shuts down. And when normal people concentrate, their frontal lobe lights up, and when ADHD people try to concentrate, shuts down, and they can't focus. They can't pay attention they can't complete the task yeah and so it's very discouraging to try to get things done and they eventually do right uh but oftentimes it's related to fear so right so we'll have people that will procrastinate and they'll try to get things done they want to get that sermon done whatever and they start on monday but you know they can't work make it work until saturday <laughs> and then the fear brings up serotonin levels in the brain to where they're better and now they can focus pay attention but what a way to do life, right? Last minute, just oh, frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> you and, know, so. And, and I, the, in that, that world that you just described, I recognized once we really started to walk this out, you know, I started to learn more that, that it, this has been, a, this has been a part of my life from like, I think about 
the way I operated in, in elementary school, middle school, and in high school. It was it was a, a I felt like chronic, constant, and there was always this wrestling of like, what is wrong with me? I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't. I don't want to um, procrastinate and, and and wait. And yet, I would find time after time after time, somehow, some way, I basically would figure out a way to get it get it done because of that back against the wall there's no other option but but go forward and and then whatever it was that I waited until the last minute to do I would I would I would accomplish and accomplish adequately enough for the most part that it was rewarded with some form of okay that that's tolerable and so what happened I think over time was I just I grew in the in a um a familiarity with being able to to do that and adapt to that and I think I think what happened when I'm looking at back at what what took place when I just couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't manage that anymore. Right. You know, I had yeah. Now I'm I have three kids at that time. I have four now, but I had three and COVID probably was in the middle of a little bit of that leadership um, shifts in my life. Like more you, I think you had told me at one point when you do see this in young young adults or you know early 30s, mid 30s, uh, late 20s it's like there's there's at times like a, a shift in maybe in career mm -hmm. or something like that where they're they're having to step up and step into something that they maybe haven't had the same level of carrying before right they move in, up in a authority they get promoted and now they they really have to pay attention and focusing and, yeah. and get things done and complete tasks and all that stuff and and that old way of doing things procrastinating yeah waiting till the last minute all that stuff just doesn't work anymore yeah and so yeah so am i in my testing of adults, uh, most of the time we see ADHD as adults, ADHD without the hyperactive part, because yeah. there's two parts, yeah, main you, parts, and people don't that piece for know that, that a lot of times. There's actually four parts, but the two, four types, but the two main types that we see are ADHD with hyperactivity and ADHD without hyperactivity. So they have all the symptoms of problems with focusing, paying attention, easily distracted, problems completing things, impulsivity, all that stuff except they don't have the hyperactive part. They aren't the ones running around the classroom, right. getting in trouble, all that stuff. They can sit down. They feel like it oftentimes running around, but they yeah. don't. And so they don't cause problems and they get missed. And so yeah. they go through, they make it through, they huh. get through a school. They even oftentimes can get through college, especially if they're pretty intelligent. They, these problems are causing them problems, but not enough right. to where they go, I can't do this. And so they, they get through college. I've had some get through graduate school. But there's always oftentimes this feeling that I hear all the time, maybe you would concur, I don't know, but that they don't feel like they're reaching their potential. Yeah. They don't feel like they're, I'm not doing as good as I could. Yeah. As well as I could. And yeah. so, so they're going, they just feel that. And then when they get on the medication. Right. And right. we put them on the medication because it's a biological deal. It doesn't look biological. Right. But it's biological. You're born with it. You don't. You don't uh, catch it. Yeah. You know, it's you're dealing with it your whole life. Uh, we see it a lot. School problems. But then when we get in a career, then they eventually get to the point where I'm not coping well. I'm not doing well. And then they get the testing, and then they get on the medication. And then sometimes they need some skill training. And two, but, you know, they never did learn how to study. They never did learn how to do certain right. things because yeah. they couldn't. Sure. Now they can but they might learn to need to learn some skills, but now they can, they can measure up. They can do their, yeah. they can do their job. They yeah. can focus, they can pay attention. And so I've had, I've seen, 
you know, I've tested thousands of people probably, but hundreds of times I've heard people say, this has changed my life, yeah. you know, and that this is a game changer. A lot of successful people go pretty far uh, with ADHD, but they just can't quite get to where they want to be. Yeah. They, they always feel like they're falling a little short, but we do see these common threads of lifelong problems with focus, yeah. paying attention, getting distracted, and not be able to get things done, not, not always paying attention to what people are saying, feeling like they're sp- kind of space cadets. The, that the time, uh, the time, not time management, but time management, but, but there's yeah. something else. There's another phrase that, that there, the concept of time is there's just that, at least, right. at least for me, my, my wife, she'll listen to this. I'm sure you know, people that know me, like that's, that's been a pretty evident part of, and I've always just felt this sense of like, um, there's, there's, there's something wrong with me. I, I just, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm that, uh, irresponsible, you know, to some degree to not, but so much of the time it was just a complete, a complete, uh, in- inability to, to, to really get a good picture of what time, but, but, but to the, yeah. to the point that you made about life change, man, you know, I think the whole world, the whole, the whole conversation in the world of mental health, you know, I think is still significant. There's been significant, I think, you know, progress in just people's greater understanding and willingness to kind of see that there, there maybe is more than just what we've thought before. Uh, but it's still, it's still pretty, it still has a lot of taboo around it. It still has a lot of stigma. Right. right? And so, so here I am as a, as a, as a, I'm just gonna be real, right. I'm as a pastor, right. I've been a pastor in a ministry my whole life. And, uh, I think that my mentality around just the world of, of mental health or medication or, um, emotional issues and behavioral, whatever, all of that for, for the most part, I have seen through the lens of that's not me. That's other people that just don't have enough discipline or self-control. Uh, it's just been such an incorrect lens, you know, and I, I had a conversation on this podcast months ago with a, with a family member who was talking about anxiety and some of those things. And it was one of the first times, you know, in their journey, I saw that world, but this was one where I just thought, ADHD seems like it's an excuse for laziness or lack of discipline. I'm not lazy. I'm not going to write. There was this sense of that's, that's for other people. That's not me. And, um, and, and it took, it took a lot of hum, humbling from, I think from the Lord, it took a lot of just realities of hitting some walls that I couldn't, I couldn't maneuver around. And then when, when I officially kind of got tested and we walked that out and the, the thought was, let's, let's try medication. Um, I was, I was leery. I think there was this, the faith Christian side of my world was like, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't need that or you shouldn't need to depend on that in order to walk this out. That was the initial piece that I think I wrestled with. Um, or what would people think? You know, it seems like that would be something that if they found out like you were wrestling with that in that way, like it would just, it, it, it would feel like that's not a very, you know, a pastorly thing to even communicate like this. Um, and, but what shifted everything was, was beginning the process of the medication. And I gave this example when I first started taking it, um, that I, this might help for people that have no clue what I'm, what this is like, but like before, before taking medication to help with the, the ADHD, when I would be trying to focus on something that I was trying to get done and accomplish or complete, it, it would most oftentimes feel like uh, my brain 
was sitting in traffic in Southern California or, or Seattle at 5 p.m. on a Friday and there's just stop and go. There was not, wasn't any movement. Like I couldn't, and I'm frustrated because I'm trying to figure out which lane's going to open up a little bit so I can just go, go a little faster, get to the destination. And it just was stuck and I'm frustrated and I, there's nowhere to go. And, and then when I took the medication and started going on that journey, it was like I was, my brain was, was driving at like two in the morning, open lanes on the freeway. No one was in the way. I could go the speed limit or just go and not have to worry about, I could just go. And it was crazy. I'd never had that kind of a vision of what was even possible in the way that I could focus or, or move forward. And, um, and it did, it begun, it, it began to change my life because of all of the snowball domino subsequent impacts that it made. And I had this sense of like, gosh, dang, I wish that I had, uh, pressed into this world earlier. Well, you know, and, and it, at your age, you know, I mean, I think we always, I always hear people say, I wish I would have done this earlier, you know, but I see people that are in their fifties, you know, I, I saw one lady in her seventies. I, no offense. I thought, why are we even doing this? Sure. But you know, she wanted to do it. And, yeah. and now that I'm getting close to that age, I go, now I see why, but you know, <laughs> but, um, but I think that, yeah, it, it's real. I mean, I, I was kind of, you know, making sure I was kind of doubtful too. I go like, maybe this is some of this, you know, and obviously there are people out there that are lazy and they're not ADHD. Sure. But I think when we, when we diagnose somebody who actually has this condition, it's a real condition. And, and it really does impact our ability to focus. They can't do it. Yeah. And, and so when they try to do, get out there and say, hey, this time I'm going to write that paper starting two weeks ahead, they, their brain is going to just not be up for it. Yeah. And so, but once they're on medication, now they can. Yeah. They can do it. And yeah. they can function and they can get more done and then they can feel like, hey, I can achieve my potential. Yeah. And so I enjoy doing it just because how well it's you know, it's not that complicated right. and sure. how helpful it is to people. Right. And when they come back and they go, This has really been incredibly helpful and then I see them later or hear about what's going on and they have a different world yeah. experience of career and affects their relationships it's yeah. all that stuff oh, the man. other thing you know you mentioned is that oftentimes before people come in and before they get tested and when we do the testing i try to do testing and just kind of look at the whole person yeah. and look at lots of things and one of the things we look at is depression and anxiety and very often what we'll find is that people who are adhd are also a little bit depressed and a little bit anxious because adhd is depressing and anxiety yeah. provoking because when you can't get things done like you want to, that kind of gets to you, right? Yeah. And you kind of, and for a different person, that one person might make them kind of anxious because it's due tomorrow. Yep. The other person, it might be make them depressed because it's due tomorrow, right. you know? And so, right. but what we see oftentimes is once they get on the medication, once they get into the rhythm, learn the skills, all that, that stuff goes way down or goes away. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a good side effect because oftentimes they'll go in mistakenly and get treated for the depression huh. or the anxiety and they don't they miss the ADHD it gets missed all the time and so it's out there and and there's some misinformation out there about sure. anything and there's sure. a lot of misinformation i think out there about ADHD and we don't have time to go into it all sure. but but it's a it's definitely i'm convinced it's a it's a real deal and i was skeptical and i think it's just it's definitely true and 
for people who may watch this or not, you know, if they've, if they notice, it's not something you're going to catch at 30, yeah. but if they notice a lifelong history of this kind of stuff that we're talking about, and if that fits for them, uh, they might want to consider taking a look, deeper look. They can even Google, get online, take a couple yeah. of those freebie uh, tests or ADHD quizzes out there. things, you know, yeah. and then see what they think and take it from there. I, I wish, I wish more people uh, that, that do resonate maybe with some of those lifelong things, you know, I, I guess I wondered, I wondered to myself, what, what would it have taken for me to, to investigate this a little bit more earlier? Um, because I think that's probably where a decent amount of people would be. One of them would, was just the general overall, you know, perspective of it. It was the, I'm a leader or I'm a, I'm confident or secure and I get things done or whatever. And, and that's not me. There was that perspective. Or if it was me, it f- would feel like I'd have to um, cover that up a little bit. That, that was one of my hesitations. I think some people would wrestle with that. I think the other one is just the, the practical, like, what, what is my next step? Like, it, you know, whether the insurance world uh, does or doesn't, or, you know, how to, how to even go, uh, go around finding the right way to go get, get tested with the right, you know, the right counselor. Right. Um, I think for a lot of people, there's just this, that's one more thing, you know, that I got to do or figure out that probably prevents them from taking that step. Um, and I just would say because of how much it's impacted my life in the positive, I mean, I mean, like, I don't want to overstate this because like, I, I really do believe like Jesus is the, the ultimate healer and his ability to rewire and, you know, come alongside somebody to help them overcome. I don't think that the medication is the solve all. I, you know, I, I, that's not what I'm advocating. Uh, but like outside of my relationship with Jesus being the thing that has changed me and the Holy Spirit changing me, th- I mean, this is like, you know, from what the physical world can offer type of thing. Um, this has been one of the, the most significant impacts on my life. And when I was rounding up uh, the year that I was in, last year um 2022 and walking through discovering like oh my gosh like I, maybe i'm maybe this has been a problem my whole life and you know and then i had some some traumatic things taking place that i was trying to figure out how to navigate and lead through and then the loss of somebody i really cared about and all of these things were going on it was um it was like god's saving grace in a way that like i was able to uh, walk that journey out with you and and be able to have a safe place to discover what kind of solutions could be there. Um, and, you know, I think that that's another big thing around perspective and um, uh, perception. That's probably the better word. That when I think about counseling or therapy, medication, any of it, um, especially people in, in ministry, like, you know, like where I'm at, I know you've been in ministry before, that there there can there can feel like there's a pressure that if I can't struggle with the stuff that other people struggle with because I'm I'm supposed to lead I'm supposed to lead them and so whether it's going to get counseling to walk through some some grief or some traumatic things or some something from childhood or whatever uh, or an issue that you've just never been able to overcome uh, there. I still see such a resistance in in people and in especially people that are in the ministry space 
to feel like I, well, I can't do that. I cannot go get that kind of help because of what that could look like or uh, what it would mean for me. Uh, what would you say to that world? You've, you know, you've been able that's to, a, that's a, that's a good question. And I, I don't know if I have a great answer, you know, cause I know I came from right. ministry you got into, the perspective of into ministry, sides. into becoming a psychologist. And, and then when I came out and I remember, uh, even coming here to Olympia 30 years ago and saying, hey, I'm a Christian psychologist. I remember meeting with pastors who say, now, isn't that an oxymoron, you know, that you could be a Christian and a psychologist? Don't they, don't, they don't go together, right? I mean, that there's no way. And that the idea that Christians should never need counseling, that our faith in Christ is enough and that we shouldn't have any problems. And, you know, and, and on one level, you kind of go, I buy that. <laughs> you know, but, sure. but in reality, you're going, you know, uh, it's, it's real. I mean, I even th- look at people of faith, you know, Abraham, Moses, David, you know, just for three, had some pretty big problems, you know, <laughs> did some pretty big <laughs> things, did. you know, and right. then you go, okay, but we have issues. It's a reality that, that, you know, living by Christian principles, having the Holy Spirit is very helpful to us in our life yeah. and helps us in the mental health arena. But for lots of us, we are going to walk through something in life that we need help with. Yeah. And, and what, what good psychology does, and I think good psychology has always ag- agreed with biblical principles, is that good psychology can help people walk through those things well with somebody who knows how to walk through it with them. Yeah. And yet we do that with faith all the time. Right. right? We, we walk our Christian life out with a pastor, with fellow believers, and it helps us spiritually. Well, emotionally, sometimes we need to do the same thing. Yeah. Physically, we do it. We go to the doctors. We get medication. Right. We get surgeries. And, and we still believe. And we ask God to help us too. And right. he does. And yet, I think we can do the same thing psychologically, is that we can go, hey, I need help in the mental health arena. Or I need help with this depression or this anxiety or my marital problem or whatever else, this trauma I had as a child. Whatever it is. That or just that I something's wrong and I don't know what it is and I'm going to get it checked out. Yeah. So I think that that process is a reality, and you know I think that God uses people in every area of our life to help us. Yeah. And so this is just one of those areas. Yeah. But I see it too, <laughs> and you know I don't see it near as much as I used to see it. Sure. But I'm also in an arena where everybody's coming to me, so I don't see it. Sure. Outside the outside of my office where people are saying, yeah, I think I'll pass on that. Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder if just how things would be different if there was more of a, like a, a preventative maintenance kind of mentality around even pursuing counseling before the massive repair kind of mentality. Like I, I, I wonder like if there was more of a, uh, if the stigma or whatever, I think if, if that could continue to get healthier and healthier for people, uh, that, that maybe there could be more of a pursuit of like, man, I, maybe I just it, to go and have somebody walk with me in the things I don't even know, maybe right before there is some of those massive breakdowns, you know, I wonder how that could, that could mitigate or prevent some of the bigger blow think, up things I in life. I think that it can. I mean, because I, I think there's, there are people that seek that out before it yeah. happens. And, and, you know, and so they, they get that help. And I think that, you know, even like what you're doing, and I think of John Mark Comer and other yeah. people who are very open about, hey, I get counseling and I yeah. do this and that and the other. And, 
So I think we're seeing more and more people that are open to it. I think there is still a resistance to it. I think that the thing I see sometimes is Christians who will have problems and there'll be significant problems, maybe a trauma or something they've, they're going through and, and they go for the quick fix. They, yeah. they do the, hey, I'm going to do two weeks of hardcore therapy and that's it. And that's going to fix me. And then I can say, the Lord fixed me and now yeah. we're done and I don't need any more help. And, and I, I'm not saying those intensives aren't good. I think they're great, but very rarely are they enough. Yeah. They go in and get, and that's a good jump start. Yeah. But for trauma, big trauma in our life, we're walking that out for a while. Yeah. And so there's sin in this world and we are the receivers of that. And sometimes we go walk through things that are very hurtful to us and cause problems that we need help with. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, and then sometimes we're, you know, it's, it's weird to think that, you know, some of us are born with mental health stuff, uh, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Those are basically biological disorders that affect us and they're, rare but but they're there but they're there and they're and they happen to christians yeah and so and you can't walk through those without help yeah so yeah i remember there was a moment when when i had started uh, the the journey of counseling where i I recognized i i had a deep desire and i know i know people do i know there's so many people that have this and feel like it's just not possible and it it was it's kind of this idea that uh when I thought about my life and I thought about all of the people that I am known by there, the reality was, you know, with the journey that I've been on or where I'm at, you know, different things that I've walked through, experienced, a lot of people can have, um, could relate to that. There was still this sense that like, man, I don't, it's not absolutely, I don't think I'm like really actually known at the bottom of the barrel of my soul by any one person. Um, I have people like my spouse. I have people like uh, pastors and, and mentors and family members that were a part of my life that know. But like when it comes to like, there's, there's no fear for anything, like a, a, a doubt to a, a sin struggle, to something that has happened to somebody or, or that the thought that like there's not a person that has all of like there there's nothing there's no need or reason to hide anything from and i didn't i didn't have that person until i started realizing what the the journey of counseling could be and i can't i don't know if i can articulate how liberating that process has been for me to be able to have a space to walk with in that confidentiality in that in that um, safety and security of somebody who's educated and skilled and experienced and trained to walk with somebody through that while the Lord is doing the work in my heart and my soul that he's doing to have that place go, well, there is one person that knows, that knows all of it, that knows um, that I got nothing to have any kind of sense of uh, shame in front of or whatever, or embarrassment or insecurity around. Uh, I just wonder how many people live their whole lives without that. Or, or think it's impossible to have, and and I don't know, again, counselor is not the solution to all of it. And there's right. some, there's some not great counselors. But I think, I think a lot, yeah, there are, and you got you got to shop around, and and I think that um, you're you're hitting on something. I think that that can be a good, great thing about counseling. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm this is not a commercial for counseling. No, but, I, I, I'm, but I, I think that um, 
you know, it can be, it can be a very positive thing and help us in the journey of health. Yeah. And yes. And that by coming in to somebody and building trust and openness and transparency and spilling your guts and, and having somebody who's trained to help in that arena yeah. can put some of those pieces together and help in the process of healing. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, why not, why not for all of us, I want to be the same way. I want to be as healthy as I can be yeah. in every area. Yes. And so this mental health area is an area that I've, I've had to work on too, you yeah. know, to go like, Hey, I believe lies that aren't true. I've had things in my life that I struggle with or believe that yeah. have hurt my life. And then you, you find out that, oh, this trauma has happened and work on that and yeah. all that whole process to where life is considerably better. Yeah. Why not go through that process rather than yeah. struggle yes. and be in pain and agony and fake it, hide yeah. it, lie about it, whatever, you know, and yeah. not really be real in it. So it's, it's scary. Yeah. I was saying that they, well, <laughs> you said, because I, I, cause I'll, your question that you were using is why, why not? I, that was going to be my, I, I know for me and I know for a lot of people what that, why not is, is because of fear. It yes. is that, it's that like, it is a unknown place to go that most people have never been before. And the thought of the rejection or the whatever that could be on the other side of, of that level of vulnerability and honesty, right. it just isn't, it's not there. It does not, it doesn't really exist, you know? And so that that's, I know that was the bigger thing for me. I, there was even that season where I wrestled for the first few months of, of, of doing counseling where I was like, um, I don't want to let this guy down. It <laughs> <laughs> was that there was a moment where and it was, it was, it was probably when, when I really started stepping into the ADHD world and, and, you know, working on the medication stuff and figuring that out and continuing to go to counseling where I finally hit a point where I was like, to, to your point, it, if, if this could help me be healthier and, and like to some degree, what a irresponsible thing for me to not do for my own life for my relationship with the Lord, for my wife, for my kids, for my church, the people I'm going to be, you know, shepherding to, to not do everything that I could do to be as healthy as I could be. And whether it was the journey of, of taking medication for ADHD or man, really, like I said, I get into the absolute bottom barrel of my soul with somebody that um, I'd never had that level of depth of, of honesty and, and transparency before it happened it does help you get healthier. And now I've been able to bring a healthier husband to the table and dad to the table and pastor to the table. I mean, like I, I look back at the last year, year and a half of where the Lord has taken me and I go, well, I wouldn't be sitting here. That's for darn sure. I mean, no shot. I would not, if I hadn't started going to counseling and, and journeying that, I mean, there's no shot. I was, that COVID and all the stuff I was going through, it was like, it was, I was, I was hanging on and, and my fear of man, don't want to, don't want to disappoint people was the, the thing probably hanging on to me more than I was hanging on to, uh, even the Lord during that. And, and it, it, I, so I know that I probably wouldn't still be in this kind of environment 
in a healthy place, I would have probably had to hang it up for a while. Uh, and so I just, I, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that there are, there are men and women like yourself who have, have given their life to, to walking out the sacrifice and the investment and the education and the hours and hours and hours of journeying with people and, you know, helping absorb and listen to very difficult things and, um, not giving up on that space so that at 30, 30, I think I got in there at 31, 31, 32, I could show up and my whole life could, could be changed so that it could still be going in the direction that I think the Lord has had for it and, uh, can be healthier and more impactful than where I was at. And so, um, Man, thank thank you f- on just a personal level. I wouldn't be here. I I wouldn't be sitting here. My my I just I could I could see it. I could see the trajectory of where that world was going. My had it not been for the just massive gear shift of no, you're going to do this every other week for a long time. <laughs> and and really be known and really press into this and and I just on a personal uh the cameras or mics weren't a thing, whatever. Thank you. You're welcome. And and it's been, you know, and and truthfully, it's been an honor for me as well. And and that's one of the things I love about my job. I get to work with really great people. And and the honor of walking with people through things is is joyful. But also I learned something along the way too. Yeah. You know, and it's it's helpful to me as well. So um thank you for that those words, kind words, but yeah. uh it's been a it's been a pleasure for me yeah. as well. Yeah. Well as we as we wrap up the combo for today, you know, as the really the whole why of the podcast that I'm doing all this is it's like I have a little sign right here for freed up to build up. I mean, that's been my why that from from January of this year, like like the Lord gave me that word. Like that's part of what I want to have these conversations for is so people would listen and whatever's holding them back, uh, somehow somewhere they could hear something and the Lord could use it to help get them freed up from whatever that is holding them back so they could build up who they were made to be and step into that space more and more. Um, and I'm doing that in this year more than I probably ever have. Uh, when you think about your life, you think about maybe even where you are at this season, going into, you know, the, uh, the years where you're, 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 you're managing and leading on a higher level maybe than ever before. And maybe you have the ability to do, you know, just, you have more, I mean, I'll, you're, you're not any less busy, but you, you know, you have, you've, you've built, you've built up some things, um, but you're, you're at a point in your life now where. Um, you know, you've got future in front of you and different things that maybe dreams or things God's put in your heart. But when you think about something in the past or right now where you're at in this season, that's held you back that you're learning, you have overcome or you're learning to overcome to be who you were made to be. Like, what does that look like right now? Well, how would you encourage somebody with part of that story from you? Even if it's like present day, maybe you haven't fully, you know, seen the answer yet you mean like able to walk what's, what's the stuff i have <laughs> well, <laughs> like well, the stuff that i struggle with or no, struggled with or well more so like like there what is what's a piece you know i think that i think that sometimes people think that the struggle stops at some point yeah right and 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 for all you know um the the perspective or all the uh perception would be i mean here's a here's a, a guy who's extremely successful in a business that he's built up and poured his heart and soul into and sacrificed a lot for for 30 plus years on top of education on different things that you've navigated and and um and yet there's still 
seasons of things God's, you know, stretching in you that you, maybe you're, maybe you'd never hit a wall like this in your other seasons of life, but you are now in this season and you're learning how to overcome, you know, different pieces. Is there, is there anything in this season of Dr. Jeff Wagaman's life that you're like, man, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm growing in an area that I, ha- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being no. stretched or something. Yeah. Does that no, make sense? There's, there's a good question. I, I think that for one, I'm at, at this age, I feel like I'm healthier emotionally than yeah. I've ever been in my life. I, I also feel I'm the best boss I've ever been in my life. That's, that's awesome. And so, and so I feel like I don't want to retire because yeah. I get, I get to this place and go like, now I'm going to quit. <laughs> right. Know, right. 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 Like, I'm the best boss I've ever been. And I'm going to say, okay, now I'm done. Right. Um, but one thing I was, I was just thinking about this and I was thinking, you know, cause I think there's, there's God's part in our part in this journey of health. Yeah. And, and I've seen God in my life work in me, on me, others speaking to me towards health and helping me in that process, the Holy Spirit, the word, but other people too, yeah. in, in walking in, in whatever area I need to grow in. And, and then I think there's our part where we work at it too. Right. And, and finding that balance, I don't know what that balance is. <laughs> I, I just think, I think it's probably more us surrendering sometimes yeah. and, and God doing the work, but there is our part in this process of getting healthy too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so I've, I've worked really hard at trying to be healthy. Sometimes that's where I go first rather than going to God. But one thing I've seen is I've seen God in that journey of my issues. He's working on them with me too. Hmm. Now I've gone to counseling in those, some of those areas as well, but one area I see just recently would be the area of trust. Hmm. And, um, I went through some things as a young kid that, that were pretty traumatic and God has used those things in my practice, but has also used those things to go. I can relate to people because of, of when they come in and they're having issues with trauma or issues with their thinking or behaving in ways that don't fit their values, I go, I can relate to that. Yeah. And, and so I went through that, that, that trauma. And one of the things that were, that burned into me in that trauma was don't trust. Hmm. And, and I think that don't trust was anybody. Yeah. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust God. Don't trust people in authority. Mm. Don't trust people, period. And I went through life. You wouldn't see it on the outside. Sure. But I went through life and I don't trust you. And and so I would that's how I went. And God has worked in me to where now I'm in a point in my life and it's been a journey for yeah. sure. And I still think there might be a little more. Yeah. But but where he's shown me over and over and over that I can trust him. And just last week, one other little event where I go, oh, Lord, you're showing me I can trust you again. Hmm. And he's been very patient. But in that journey, learning to trust people, yeah. learning to have good quality friendships where I'm transparent and open and honest yeah. and uh, relationships with other people, wife, children, all that stuff. So it's it's that would be an area that i think uh that i just saw this week hmm. you know that yeah. that yeah. god you're still working with me on that area because when something happens anything goes wrong rather than run to god my tendency is to go okay what can i do about this right. what can sure. i do to fix this and i think he's constantly trying to help me learn that 
you trust me on this one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so I see that. Yeah. So. so good. Yeah. That's so good, man. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for just for sharing and the authenticity and, uh, it's a, it's a blessing to, to, to have, have a relationship and for, for your, I, and I, I want to affirm, although I haven't known you for all of the years that, you, you know, you, you've been in this world, you just mentioned being the health, the healthiest you've been, you know, and the, maybe the best boss that you've ever been. Um, that that's what I'm seeing coming out of you. And so, uh, I, I think, I think that it's blessing a lot of people in this season, you know, that you're, you're able in the later years of the harvest of your life, the, the fruit is really good and for the people getting to receive, uh, receive that from you. So, man, thanks for taking the time. Thank I, you for having me. I yeah, appreciate it a lot. Excited my pleasure. To, my pleasure. Yeah. Excited to, uh, continue to uh, have, have a relationship and grow and learn and, um, hope, and I know people are listening to this is going to be, uh, impactful and encouraging them. So with that, everybody listening, thanks for joining us. And until next time, see you later.